Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. It's Monday morning. What the hell are we doing here? Welcome to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I am your host, Adam Cousins. And Andy and Parker, well, they are celebrating a Washington Commandos win yesterday. Yes, miracles do happen. They won their first game against the Arizona Cardinals. They are not here, so while the cats are away, the mice will come out to play. There he is with his work shirt on, our problem child, Dave Robinson. A quick plug, WLV Heating for all you up in the Midlands. If you need any boilers or anything done, there's your man right there. He's got a team of guys there that are willing to help out. But Dave, happy Monday. Happy Monday, mate. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the dream team is reunited. After last night's and- uh, chat with uh, Brooklyn Brawler, which was a, a really good one, uh, we're back with Collision. First off, I will apologise to everybody out there and, and your good self, Dave. Uh, obviously, with two guys being away, it's been a bit more awkward to get these podcasts out. Normally, we do these quite quickly. Unfortunately, my tablet's do make me suffer a lot of tiredness. So trying to get two podcasts out of me in a day is possible, but uh, it's very difficult uh, at the moment. But the boys will be back this week, so we should be a bit more uh, up on it. We've got a lot of interviews coming up this week as well, um, as it's obviously show week for us on Sunday with our with our Turnbuckle Championship. But apologies, guys. We will get back onto the swing of things with the team uh, this week, and we'll get them out there as quickly as we can. We are doing SmackDown a bit later today on a Monday that may hit on a Tuesday, but it's going to come. So you you will get it. You'll get me and Dave and our lovely voices and faces for those that you listen or, or watch us on, on YouTube. We will be back with SmackDown as well. Anyway, collision uh, Saturday. Uh, there was an interesting tweet uh, that was sent out by, uh, sorry, Mike Santana. I, I Mike Santana. Don't forget the mic. Don't forget the mic. Um, done like a tweet about a vignette about him going it all alone now and he's separated from Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz didn't take too kindly to that tweet. Uh, he, he did tweet back about I've carrying this something for 14 years and you could have been a man about it and told me to my face. Now, knowing the fact that there has been a little issue with them anyway, I'm not, I think they've not liked each other for a bit of time. Will they play that into a storyline, Dave, or is this just a lit, literal heat between the two? you think? Uh, I'd like to think that it's storyline and it's kayfabe and they're going to spin it off into an angle. Mm. Um, But the fact that they didn't do any kind of uh, dissension between them, you know, during the the stadium stampede match. uh, And I don't remember too many kind of double team moves involving proud and powerful or the former LAX. Um, But I certainly thought they must be on better terms given the fact that they were teaming together in the five-on-five match. Um, It's really interesting, and I I like to think that even if they don't get on and they have really fell out and they don't see eye-to-eye anymore, that they could still do business and, and, um, you know, have some kind of feud or lead to some kind of big match between the two, because I'm sure it would be a great match. Um, But, yeah, a little bit disappointing. But as you say, you never know in wrestling uh, whether they're just blurring the line a little bit. Yeah, and but just a, a quick say, EVPs, that's how you do it without yeah. causing issue. We're not going to talk that anyway. That's done and dusted. We move on from that. We talk positive on this show. Positive being collision. Um, Moxley, my good buddy, my 
the blood buddy of my new house, uh, starts colluding with uh, an open challenge, which was already answered by Action Andre. Hadn't seen him for a while. I think he'd been on uh, a Rampage or something. I, 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 unfortunately, I don't get a chance to watch Rampage. I do watch 14 hours of wrestling a week. That extra hour, hmm, I just haven't got the opportunity to watch. Oh, where's the <laughs> commitment, man? Come on. Where is the commitment? I know, I know. I left it I left it in Cornwall at the hospital. Um but anyway, uh, it was a really good. It was a, it was a, it was a good tune-up match from Moxley. I did love, and what I did love about Moxley in this one was the way that the different variations or the way that he was putting on his moves. If you looked at it, the way he won the match with the, the finish, he kind of sort of jolted him into it or done a move into the, which is what you would normally see from like a Samoa Joe or a Danielson. We'll, we'll touch on Danielson in a minute because he plays a part in Collision. Um, so you're starting to see a bit more of a different side. You're still seeing that smash mouth Moxley that we all like, but he seems to be added a bit more into his arsenal now, Dave. <clears throat> yeah, Moxley's a phenomenal technical wrestler, you know, and we haven't always seen that. We mm. have seen it at times. I remember back in the WWE when he came back um, one time, he, he was a lot more, yeah, a lot more technical than smash mouth, as you say. Mm. Um, but this this was a great little opener. I'd say Action Andretti, we've seen him on Ring of Honor. He hasn't got the, after his big win over Jericho, they didn't really capitalize on that momentum. Uh, and he kind of slipped his way back down the card into probably a, a role that he, he probably, you know, naturally would be in and then build himself back up. But obviously with that big win over Jericho, there were obviously higher hopes for him. Um, but this was a great match. And we did see a different side to Andretti towards the end. He was trying to put yeah. the stomps on Mox, which is where we got that lovely transition uh, into the, the bulldog choke. So I, I don't think this match was ever in question. And I have been a little bit um, critical, um, but not so much critical, just more constructive criticism. I would rather these these matches be non-title matches, to be honest. Yeah. I'm a big advocate of having your big, your, your title matches on pay-per-views or your build to the pay-per-views. Yeah. If you're just handing out title shots, um, you know, left, right and centre, it, it, it loses something for me. And at the minute, we've got open challenges for the TBS title. Yeah. We've got open challenges for the international title. And later on in this episode of Collision, uh, FTR actually issue an open challenge, which we'll get to. But that's three titles that are issuing open challenges. And and as great as that is to be getting all these title matches on free TV, there is definitely an argument that, particularly with two big pay-per-views coming up uh, in terms of Wrestle Wrestle Dream, we got Full Gear on the horizon, we got Arthur Ashe uh, two weeks away. So yeah. I'd sooner keep those title matches for the bigger shows. But I do appreciate that we're getting these matches on free TV. It's just the fact that the outcome is never really in question, which yeah. I can't suspend my disbelief as much when I know Moxley's going to win or if I know Statlander's going to win. So that's just a little thing from me. I don't know if you feel the same or whether you kind of <clears throat> love the title matches. Um, you know, I, I like the title being, being defended, but I think there's a limit to how many to title times you can defend the title. Uh, I don't yeah. like them. I don't like him being defended every week. Um, world title eliminators would be better. Uh, maybe yeah. a world title eliminator open challenge. I, I don't know. Something along those lines where, yeah, because, I mean, you know, you knew, I mean, Moxley was going, I mean, even he was getting the face pop and Andretti was getting the heel heat during this. Yeah. So there was, because I'm not even sure what Blackpool Combat Club are. I know they're expected to be heels, but they just get the reaction much like, a, you know, a, a, I would say a tweener would normally get. But yeah, I, I'm much a fan of the uh, Eliminators more than I am the Open Changes because 
you know, sometimes only sometimes when you look at an opponent, you think, oh, hang on a minute, that this this could be when we we said it week in week out with Orange that hang on, is this the week? Is this because he was going against the swerves and people like? But when you see like Moxley and Action Andretti, and, and no disrespect to Action Andretti, he has beaten Jericho, but this was never in doubt. <laughs> no, exactly, that's absolutely not. I like sometimes the contests when they're more 50-50 or at least 60-40 and, yeah. and the guy has got a real chance of upsetting. And, you know, if Action Andretti would have got the big upset, he's 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 got a precedent for it. He upset Jericho. Yeah. So then suddenly he's in the picture to have a title shot. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's because any wrestler on any given night can be rolled up, can, you know, you can do a screwy finish or yeah. you, you can kind of be created enough to, to kind of give that challenger uh, a big win. Um, but... But it was just a little bit too cut and dry this week with a few of the matches. I just thought, well, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, speaking of foregone conclusions and, and title matches, that led us up to the next one. Oh, I still like the, the opening, by the way, of Collision when they talk to the guys. Oh, mate, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned it because um, it, it's something that I look forward to every week. But Samoa yeah. Joe, as soon as he popped on the screen, I just can't wait to I can't wait to see him perform in the ring uh, uh, and do what he does best. But I also just love when he talks. And he said, uh, his line this week is, when, when you're hunting the devil, sometimes you've got to pick a fight with a demon. I don't know where he gets yeah. it. I don't know if he's stealing it from books or films or whether it's just coming out of his own head. But everything that he says means something, you know. Yeah. It's just, I think he's on top of his game. And I'm so glad we're getting this extended run of Samoa Joe featuring week in, week out, not just on collision we're getting him on dynamite we're getting him you know in high in, in big feuds it looks like he's gonna uh face mjf at some point so yeah, yeah this is uh this is uh this is samoa joe at his absolute best yes more of joe please uh more of those promos he cuts a great promo joe as well he's, he's the people don't sometimes that doesn't get said enough because he's ring action uh we'll yeah he's uh, just so believable you just believe every word that comes out of his mouth you don't doubt it for a second it's not hyperbole it's it's going to happen it's yeah he's just a badass exactly that um Yes, so we move now through to uh, Chris Statlander against Robin Renegade with Chelsea Renegade. Um, this was a bit of a quick one uh, in terms of matches. Um, there's a bit of interference on the outside. I, I think this match was more to do with what I'm about to say. Yeah. I'm going to say two words, and I know you text me <laughs> when you watch this. The word were Jade Cargill. Um, she returned. Um, basically, sorry, Chris Statlander won the match with a roll-up. Uh, the Renegades were basically double teaming uh, uh statlander all of a sudden the music hit jade cargill was back the world rejoices uh she comes back she beats she basically takes out the renegade she goes she shakes statlander's hand and bang and puts her in is it jaded oh she does jaded, a lot of other yeah. movies but she does it to jaded as well she thinks she hit a choke slam on one of the renegades as well yes, she did yeah a big big boost for the women's division having Jade Cargill back. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, and obviously we had rumours that Jade may not be coming back to AEW. And I was always hopeful she would, and I always felt that she would. But then when Punk left as well, uh, that that was another little cloud over the subject, because I know Jade's been vocal in um, supporting CM Punk. Mm. Uh, as he's helped her, you know, in his time in AEW, he'd, he'd yeah. done a lot to help her. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was so happy to see Jade back. And the Renegades as well. I thought they did. They had a great showing. It yeah. was 
Yeah. Uh, as I alluded to in the first match, the, the outcome to the match was never in doubt. No. The Renegades aren't actually signed to AEW, and they've oh. appeared a lot. They've been on Dark a lot, and um, they've been on Rampage. And if there is a, a women's tag division at any point, I think the Renegades would be a, a great little team to be a part of that. Um, but they serve their purpose here. They um, It was a hell of a chokeslam from Jade. Um, my only slight thing with this, I, I was hopeful... Obviously, they did the, the the swerve, you know, Jade kind of shook Chris Statlands yeah. out. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought they were going to stand tall and that was going to end the segment. Yeah. Um, but Jade immediately turned on a giver jaded and then Sterling appeared. I would have liked, not not really a similar one to MJF and, and Adam Cole, but maybe a, maybe a partnership for a few weeks where it's just uh, based on respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, maybe they, they're in a few tag matches together. And then Jade turns on it, which leads to the big rematch. I would rather that to happen. Uh, I'd still like to think that Statlander is going to beat Jade in a proper match um, because obviously the match that Statlander won the title, it was the end of a title defense mm-hmm. against Ty Valkyrie. So Jade was kind of worn down and wasn't expecting it. So I'd still like Statlander to get the big win. And I'd like Jade to go on to, to, to go for the women's world title, you know, which Soraya's holding at the minute. Um, but yeah, I thought there was an opportunity here to build a little story with with Jade and Chris Statlander, um, where they've gone in the the kind of this a similar kind of direction where Jade was positioned before as a heel who kind of. But I, I don't know, I don't know, well, I don't know what your take is on that. But I just thought when when there's been so much criticism about the women's division, some yeah. of the storytelling, I just thought there was an opportunity there to do something a little bit different. Yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. I was I was half expecting it, but um, yeah. I, I think you know it would have been nice to have that little bit of you know bit of teamwork for a couple of weeks, maybe face the Renegades as uh, as a team, and yeah, do the turn and offer up something. I mean, I think yeah, I think you're right in terms of I, I still see Statlander getting a victory in in a maybe an Arthur Ashe or a Full Gear or where you know wherever they decide to do it. Yeah, um, and I do think that Jade should be looking for the women's world title. Um, yeah. She's had the run as TBS champion. It's a great run. It really helped her because although she was green, every match that she was having, there was an improvement and improvement and improvement and improvement. So so she had like, oh, it was 60-odd was matches or 50? 60, I think it was, yeah. 60-odd matches. So it proved that, you know, and that helped her because anything like that, and then you've got the people like Danielson, Moxley, Punk, helping her at the back, you know, helping her from backstage, giving her advice. Um, but yeah, I certainly think the the, the women's world title would be um, the thing for her. So hopefully this will go out the way. And I say this will blow over because it'll be an interesting little feud to have. It's nice for the women to have, as we say, to have the feuds and to be doing something uh, with the women. So more of the same, yeah. Tony, uh, if, if if you watch, uh, please. It was I'm very sure nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely watching. Um, now, the sit down. We would now we've said this, we were talking about this. I'm pretty sure when I last done a conversation with you about we were all surprised that Kingston um kind of lost his match and he took the fight, he took the pin uh, against Cloud against Claudio uh, recently in, in the match. And we were saying, Oh, what does this do for the Ring of Honor? Because the way Kingston had come back, he wants his title, wants his title rematch, but we get it. And now we get it with there's more going on. It's not just a title match, it's title for title. So whoever wins at Arthur Ash will get the Ring of Honor title. And what the title is it the Kingston's got? The uh, New Japan Open Weight Championship. 
Open weight. I wonder if it was open weight or strong. Is it never weight? weight. I've wrote down open weight, but it might be never. I think weight. it's open. No, I think it is open. Yeah. Um, love the promo. Yeah. Love the fact that Kingston was looking at Claudio. Claudio wasn't looking at Kingston. There's obviously still the heat there when Claudio jumped ship and didn't do you know the time on a tradition and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I thought there was great little details in here, and it yeah. really helped us to understand why why there's such an issue between these two men. So what? Eddie was basically saying is before Claudio left to go to WWE, he should have laid down and let Eddie pin him, you know, and do business. Uh, yeah. That never happened. And off the back of that uh, falling out, Eddie never shook Claudio's hand when he left. That was what mm. I, uh, that's what I took from it. Um, great little details. I have seen on YouTube, and I, and I think it was YouTube, I think it's, I want to say 45 minutes. Or, 40, or maybe 40, 15 minutes, there is a, a thing on YouTube that explains it all in a lot more detail. Uh, and I have seen it, and I love it. I love yeah. it in Kingston. I really hope next Wednesday on the 20th, Arthur Ashe, or 20th, yeah, Arthur Ashe, this is the moment for him. This is when he gets, you know, I, I'm not saying the, the, the New Japan, it, that means a hell of a lot to him, and you can tell it means a lot to him. You can tell the emotion when he won it. But if there's anyone in that company that deserves the this that moment that you know, everyone wants, it's yeah. Him. And I'm sure he's going to get it. It's in New York, where he's from. Uh, all the stars have kind of aligned uh, in terms of the feud, and they haven't had that. They they had that initial match, yeah. But they they haven't had the rematch, and there's been times when they could have done it, and times when perhaps as fans we've wanted it. But if it's building to that moment. Uh, at, for, at that occasion, in, th- in front of twenty thousand at Arthur Ashe, mm. that'd be that'd be well worth the wait. Uh, Eddie's just phenomenal. He's, he he yeah. just makes you care about everything that he says, everything that he does, every mannerism. Um, Claudio, obviously phenomenal in the ring, one of the best of all time when it comes to in the ring. Um, but if there is a criticism of it, sometimes. Um, it, it is on the microphone or it is in those situations where he has to talk and, and get a story over. But I think he played his part great here. As you said, the little detail about him not looking at Eddie. Uh, he did that the other week when he came and... Yeah, do you remember? Wheeler to the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did not look at Eddie Kingston and Eddie was kind of glued to him the whole time. So I think he's done... They've both done a lot of great work um, in, in this feud and to build to this big match. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to absolutely steal the show, and I think Eddie's going to get his moment. I hope so. I can't wait. Not long before I I see him at Progress. I missed Elton, missed him at All In. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to get a chance at Progress at the end of October. To I mean, I don't know if I meet him. I don't know if he's doing any type of signing or anything. But just to be in that arena for me uh, with Eddie Kingston, he's, he's a lot like Osprey for me. He's one of those guys yeah. I'd love to see. So I can't wait. And yeah. yes. Please give Eddie the op- that moment to win that title. Was it Luke Jacobs he's facing as well? Yeah. No, he's just going to be an absolute belting match. I mean, I saw at Rev Pro Luke Jacobs in action against ECE. Yeah. And it, I think it was my favourite match of the night. And that, mm-hmm. that had some pretty stiff competition as well. But speaking of stiff, uh, these those two went to absolute town on each other. And I'm sure Luke Jacobs and Eddie Kingston will give us more of the same. Oh, definitely. Uh, without, I mean, those of you who have never seen Luke Jacobs, I recommend you do. He yep. is hard hitting as hell. He has a JBL style clothesline. The guy is just, he's going to give Eddie a fight. There's no doubt about that. 
uh, in October. I'm very looking forward to seeing it. Congratulations, you, Luke Jacobs, for getting this match as well. Um, uh, I'm wearing a shirt that uh, aptly for the next team. Um, I'm not wearing the shirt that they wear, but I'm wearing a Bullet Club shirt. Uh, this was Bullet Club Gold minus our good buddy Jay White. However, he was there in in, in cardboard cutout form. Um, for Juice Robinson and the Guns against Aerostar and Gravity. Um, <laughs> and Dios del Inframundo. Yes, that's the man. Uh, you think I was going to pronounce that? <laughs> you weren't dodging. <laughs> you weren't dodging saying that, were you? Mate? I wasn't dodging. Oh, NWA, so change. I've got a pay per view, uh, and I can't pronounce it because it's <laughs> it's not how it's written. If that makes sense. Okay. So Fiona has to say it. every time we mention it, it's Fiona's job. Um, anyway, um, the interesting part about this, what for me wasn't necessarily a match. I think again we, we talk about foregone conclusions. That was it. Another foregone conclusion. However, the camera did cut to the back at this. And there was an interesting party watching this match by the name of Andalare El Idolo. We know yeah. uh, LFI, because I'm not even going to go there. Uh, uh, watch, he's rebuilding LFI basically. That's yeah, promo's a bit of a routine. So it does feel as though we're looking towards that. The match itself was absolutely fine, it was just a run of the mill match. It was obviously the guns are going to win. And, and Juice, I love that. I, I, I think I will say this because obviously it is all about Jay White in this, and it yeah. is all about him as the group. The guns are very much improving as a tag team, but the wild card and the MVP in this is Juice. Yeah, I've I've wrote it down. I'm really glad we're on the absolute same wavelength. But I've my first line was Juice is so damn entertaining. Yeah, which he is. But his ring, he's working the ring as well. Uh, doesn't get enough credit, you know. He a perfect leg lariat, and I don't know what he calls his version of his DDT. He kind of falls forwards and, and does it. Uh, he doesn't fall backwards when he hits his DDT. So we'll get a, a name for that move, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. Um, but another thing he did here, he came out with a little certificate in a frame. Yeah. And I don't know if you clocked what that was for. Um, but in a promo a few weeks ago, they said that they, the Bullet Club Gold, they weren't just collision cowboys. No. Uh, and they'd appear on Dynamite as well. But that award or that certificate, and there was a picture of Juice wearing a sleeveless shirt, white shirt with a black tie. Similar to how uh, Bob Buchanan used to dress in, in the WWE years ago. Right to sensor. In the right to sensor, yeah. So he's, he's kind of wearing that attire. Um, but it said, perennial collision cowboy of the month, presented to rock hard Juice Robinson in recognition and appreciation for your unwavering dedication, support and overall hardness for the Bang Bang Gang. Which oh, I, thought, I don't know if they're going to do that uh, every month. But again, a, a great little little detail. They've got card blade as well. Jay White dealing with a personal issue, so we send yes. our best wishes to yes, Jay. Hopefully, everything's okay. Yeah. Um, because this was initially going to be an eight man. This is going to be four on four. Yes. Uh, and against another luchador. But as you say, although the match was never really in doubt in terms of the outcome, we got some great action. I'm a big fan of luchadors. I'm a big fan of of um, what Tony Khan and AEW have done in terms of. Giving that WCW Nitro feel again yep. in terms of some of the presentation uh, and some of the new and exciting luchadors we get to see on a weekly basis. Gravity we've seen before, but I think Aerostar and Aerostar Lemfromundo was the first time we saw them. Uh, we saw a great three-tenth of humour at the hit on Gravity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Bang Bang Gang picked up the win, but this was great. And Juice, as you say, 
you know, he's doing the best work of his career and long may it continue. And about LFI? LFI, so, yeah, in terms of the faction, you've got uh, Preston Vance, who was formerly of Dark Order oh, number yeah. 10. Um, I can't remember his LFI name. Uh, Roosh, and also Drellistico alongside Andrade. So yeah. the four, those four, alongside uh, um, Jose, the assistant, mm. um, could set up a tantalising match against the Bang Bang Gang, four and four. And these four and four matches, it's become AEW speciality, really. They've got the trios titles, but, you know, they, they do three on three, they do four on four. And the kind of uh, the planning and the timing that goes into these matches, they're not just thrown together, um, mm. you know, so... When we get to those spots where they're hitting multiple finishes and you know there's multiple aerial um you know attacks going on simultaneously, they're put together so carefully and you know and obviously it's a it's a hard job for the cameras to keep to keep yeah. up with them at time, the cameraman to keep up. Um so yeah, that that would be a great match, and I'm sure we're gonna get it. It was it was funny watching Andrade. I don't know if it was a timing issue, but sometimes he seemed to be smiling, sometimes he seemed to be frowning. <laughs> so he wasn't really giving much away, which the commentary did allude to. You know, he's keeping yes. his cards close to his chest. Um, yeah, but it's, I'm glad we got Andrade back. I think he's been going through stuff in his personal life, which maybe kept him away from TV. Um, but not to kind of dwell on that, to see him back on our screens now is great news for AW fans. Yeah, I can't wait, and hopefully we'll get that match. Um, other bit of, sorry, AEW news was the fact that Sonny Kiss has been uh, released. Wrong. Yeah, I think that's well, not, a shame. Contract wasn't renewed, shall we say. I think that's going to be coming now with a lot of where they started off I mean, 2019. I think a lot of those contracts are due. And I don't think it's going to be the last time or the last one. I think there's going to be a couple of more. But as you say, it was a shame. Um, Sonny was a good worker. Um, I'll be interested to see what's next for Sonny. Yeah, Sonny didn't really get an opportunity that they deserved. No. Um, in saying that, they've got the... Possible the option now to go back onto the indies, uh, uh, and to prove their worth, you know, put on some great matches, get a real buzz about them on the indie yeah. scene, and hopefully we'll see Sonny back in, back in AEW at some point down the line. Yeah, definitely. So good luck to Sonny uh, on, on the ne on the next chapter. Um, Luchadors, Dave, you love Luchadors. Next yeah. one, Ray Phoenix and Angelico. Um, little short, but yeah. I think I would like to see this more. For sure. Uh, Phoenix was obviously uh, injured because uh, he couldn't travel to London. Uh, so the BCC took him out prior to uh, Stadium Stampede. So this was a welcome back to him. Haven't seen Angelico in a while either. I do yeah. like them. Uh, and I, 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 did, I did like this match. I want to see it a bit longer next time. But this was just a nice way of, uh, I suppose, welcoming Phoenix back to the stories or AEW in a sense. Yeah. So for people that aren't um, familiar with Van Helico, he was in a tag team with Jack Evans in the earlier days of AEW. Uh, and they were called the Hybrid, were they? The Hybrid 2.0? Hybrid 2.0, something like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, and they were a great team, and we saw them quite frequently. They were involved with the Butcher and the Blade and other things. But, and Helico, from a technical back um from a technical point of view is a phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal uh, submission specialist as well. And I was a little bit disappointed that he got the the jobber entrance. Yeah. You know, he was already in the ring when yeah. when Phoenix came out. So again, that kind of uh, that kind of suggested that Han Helico wasn't going to be upsetting Ray Phoenix. Um, I'd like to see a lot more of him. I think there's mm. a lot of potential there. Uh, yeah. I think he's a great talent. 
Um, I'd love to see him in in some some higher profile matches, but I'd love to see him pick up a few wins as well. Um, he's a great. I, I don't want him to just be enhancement talent. I think he's a lot better than that, and he's got more more to his game than that. But yeah. perhaps he just <clears> needs to. Um, I don't know. If, to, Help himself, I suppose, to make make it make it so he can't be left off the card. Make it so that you know he's in he's in the conversation to be at least on collision every week. But it was great to see him. It was, and it's enhancement talent, Dave. Don't forget enhancement talent. Brooklyn yeah. Brawler, enhancement. Not yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Brooklyn Brawler told he wasn't offended by the term jobber, but mm. it but it is a uh, kind of a detrimental term. Um, I don't think Angelico is a job, but by I think there's a, a, a place for enhancement talent. Of course, I do. I think they do a great job as well. Good friend, the Brooklyn Brawler, did for the the majority of his career. Yeah. Um, but Angelico is just too talented to um, be kind of yeah to be to be left in the background. I, I think I'm not saying that he's going to go on to be a world champion or anything like that. Um, I, I just again. People people often say there's too many belts in AEW. I know my dad said the same. He, he struggles sometimes because you got the Ring of Honor belts as well. Yeah, I would love them to introduce a cruiserweight stroke X Division Championship. I would love them to get that relationship going with Impact again and do a little bit of crossover stuff in that area because I think after WCW closing back in 2001, mm. Impact and TNA did a lot of good work with the cruiserweights and. They did. You know, bringing a lot of talent from Japan, from Mexico, from the UK, uh, and having these these feature matches featuring the high flying stars, and I think although AEW are featuring them week in week out, sometimes they're just there to to lose, and you know they get their spots in, but they're also ultimately uh, shoulders on the mat and being pinned. Yeah. So I think if they <clears throat> give if they had something to fight for uh, a, a championship title. Um, or a spot on the card or something, you know, they, I'm sure they can be creative enough to, to kind of think of something, even if it wasn't a title. Um, but I'd love to see them have a little bit more purpose and direction on the card. Yeah, me too, for sure. Uh, I definitely want to see that going forward in AEW um, over the next few, hopefully over the next few weeks and uh, the next few weeks and months as we build in towards uh, full gear and, yeah. and obviously wrestle dream. Um, yeah. Phoenix wow. picked up the win in that. And there was a couple of false finishes, which, which was good. Uh, Phoenix ultimately pinned him with like a sit down spike onto the top of his head. So again, yeah. good match, uh, and uh, Phoenix picks up the win. Speaking of good matches, we we then move on to Roddy Strong and Darby Allen. And uh, wow, <laughs> my goodness me, what 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 a match this was! This was pay per view quality. Uh, to be honest, you shouldn't be surprised by that with with the two guys that were in there. Obviously, Roddy Strong was with the Kingdom. Darby Allen was initially with Nick Wayne. AR Fox did come out near the end. They sort of teased more issues between uh, Nick and, and AR Fox. There was a really spot on that top rope where Darby got dropped and then his head hit the uh, side of the ring as he come off that top as he hit the top rope. It was like a triple bump because <laughs> yeah. it was like a Uranagi rock yeah. bottom onto the top turnbuckle, yeah. and then Darby hit the apron, and then he hit the floor. That yeah. was that was so. I've never seen that before. I don't think that was that was great. I don't. There's a lot of things when Darby Allen comes on that I don't see uh, before until he he comes on. But Dave, this match, Roddy Strong did pick up the win. This match, he moves on to the finals of the of the uh, uh, the Olympic or the tournament to to give MJF an opponent at Arthur Ashe. But Dave, this match was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? 
I thought it was perfect. I thought it was the great, great storytelling as well. As you say, you had Luchasaurus attacking Derby before the match and Christian screaming at him, yeah. uh, saying Derby will never be a champion as long yeah. as he's in AEW. So that continues that feud as well and obviously yeah. weakens Derby. Um, but Roddy Strong, I, I re- I'm really enjoying this work that he's doing. I've spoken to Parker about it and Parker sometimes thinks that it's going a bit too far and it's a little bit silly that kind of Roddy's pining yeah. for Adam Cole. But, yeah. but I think it's great, you know, and I think uh, another thing that I really enjoyed this episode and every episode of Collision is Nigel McGuinness on commentary. Oh, yeah. He was calling uh, Roddy the neck health awareness advocate. Uh, <laughs> and he also said during this match that Roddy never met a back that he couldn't break. Um, very true. Yeah, Roddy, the messiah of the backbreaker, as he calls himself. Uh, but this was the match of the night for me. This was yeah. this was great, and uh, and you had that doubt, and you we probably from a storyline point of view expected Roddy to pick up the win, but you can never write Darby Allen off. So when you had that um, added um, part to the story of Luchasaurus taking Darby out before he yeah. even got to the ring, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he played into it really well. Uh, he, Darby looked strong in defeat. Uh, yeah. He didn't have to go over to get over, and uh, Roddy. Roddy will face um, the winner in... of Samoa Joe in this. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so we'll get to very. Yeah, yeah. I won't. Uh, I won't spoil that for anybody that. No, uh, <laughs> no hasn't we've, already been, we've already been in trouble before. Well, we're not going to watch it. We haven't got got to it yet. Got to it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we will get to it very, very shortly. Now, the the next piece uh, or the next um, bit of the collision was Brian Danielson uh, coming out. Yeah, Danielson. I was well when he started this. I was getting a bit worried because he said that you know he made a promise to his girl, uh, his daughter, sorry, that um, where he he would retire or he would finish up with wrestling when she was seven. And I'm at this point scurrying through my phone trying to find out how old she is. Yeah, she, hoping that she's still two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you do buddy, not birdie? Uh, yeah, the buddy seven and not birdie. Uh, and I was like, oh my god, it's got to be coming up, and she's six. So it leaves uh, about a year left. And, and I think basically then he'll just transition into backstage what he's been doing. I think Tony Khan said to his dad, that if anything were to happen to him, you need to go to Danielson to basically book the show. Um, and he then said that, but I'm going to go out on my own accord. I'm going to go out doing what I do. And I'm going to have this amazing year starting at Wrestle Dream. And that is very apt considering the person who he's actually facing at Wrestle Dream, which is one of the best technical British wrestlers that's ever lived in Zack Zaber Jr. I posted the picture into our chat with the words, take my <clears throat> expletive money uh, at that point. Uh, Dave, this match is going to be amazing. Um, Daniels has only got a year left, so we've got to make the most of him. But this is this is a hell of a way to start. Yeah, Um Sensation. This is the matter that we were going to get, the first Forbidden yes. Door. Uh, and due to Danielson's injury at the time, uh, that match couldn't go ahead. Uh, this is going to be... I, I hope it's the main event, to be honest. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's worthy of the main event slot. Mm-hmm. What a match that's going to be. And I think we're going to get many of those matches between now and the time Danielson uh, finishes up. Yep. And I hope he doesn't completely shut the door. I hope he... I, I know he's saying he won't be a full-time wrestler anymore yeah. uh, and he will transition to his backstage role and he's been doing that great in, in recent months, particularly since Collision has started. Yeah. 
But I th- I'm I'm hopeful that we still get the occasional Danielson match because he's not old by wrestling no. terms at all. You know, Stinger's still doing it in his sixties. Yes, he is. So yeah, let's let's enjoy this next year of Danielson. That really kind of uh yeah, not taking for granted. Uh let's let's see all these great matches they put together, and not just involving AEW stars, but the, I'm sure we'll have matches against New Japan stars, uh, against UK stars, people on the indies. Uh, I, I can't wait to see some of the matches. Um, but yeah, let's just let's just enjoy this last run of Brian Danielson, one of the best to ever do it, one of the best of all time. Certainly in the conversation for best technical wrestler of all time, but so is his opponent at Wrestle Dream, Zack Sabre Jr. He calls him Dragon Bollocks. Does he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was he had a he had a promo and apologies for the the, the, the wording, but uh, he does, and he also calls him a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a promo. He called Zach, uh, he called Osprey that when he came and challenged him at the Ref Pro show. He was uh absolute uh, Zach Zaber Jr. on the microphone is one of the funnest. Even when he's in the ring and he's doing when he's talking in the ring, he's absolutely hilarious uh, at that. Um anyway, this wasn't the end of the interview. Um he did call out Ricky Stocks, um, who come out with Big Bill, not Osprey, but Big Bill as in Big Cass. <laughs> he's <to be> big Cass. <laughs> Um, basically said about him joining the BCC yeah, and Ricky Starks was holding his hand out and um, Big Bill clobbered him uh, and then they both decided to take turns and, and hammer him up. Moxley come out as well, um, made the save, but he does get blasted with a big boot uh, by Big Bill. <laughs> a lot yeah. of bees in this. Uh, and now uh, on, I believe it's Wednesday, um, Big Bill has a uh, international championship opportunity against Moxley. So looks like the, the, the Ricky Starks thing isn't finished. Moxley's going against uh, good old Big Bill on Wednesday. Um, sure, this is just... Well, I don't think Big Bill's going to win that title, is he? <laughs> He's not, no. Um, but the, the most important thing in that segment for me was Ricky Starks not being an afterthought because mm-hmm. his match with Danielson at All Out, the strap match, was great. It was so good for both competitors. And Ricky did allude to that when he walks out. He said, here we go again. You know, the spotlight is all on the opponent and not on me. Yeah. Uh, and he certainly changed that pretty quickly. Uh, I thought he was intriguing the fact that Danielson actually reached out uh, to to offer Ricky a place in the BCC. Yeah. Um, you would think he'd get prior approval from the rest of the BCC prior to doing that. So we'll see if um, anything comes of that. But yeah, part of me wanted to see it. Part of me really did want to see him, him join and see what we got from that. Um, but at the same time, uh, this continues that feud. I think another match against Danielson uh, and a big win perhaps over Danielson. He's on yeah. Stark's horizon. Uh, but I th- think we'll be getting a tag match first. But before that, Big Bill's going to challenge Mox, which again, Bill, Big Bill's doing the best work of his career in AW, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it'd be a great match, although I don't expect Moxley to to lose the title. I certainly don't. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention before the Danielson uh, interview was Keith Lee uh, backstage mm. having an interview uh, saying that, you know, he's going to do things all by himself. Now, you, you're puffing your cheeks out here, Dave, I'm sure. <laughs> I've been disappointed by Keith Lee's whole run in AEW. I think yeah. many are. I mean, he's had the, he's had some good moments and some, his debut was great. Uh, and what he did, I think it was Isaiah Cassidy threw across the ring, and yeah. we've seen glimpses at times of what he can do in the ring. I just really find him boring, uh, and I know that's a bit of a hot take. I know he was an indie darling, and a lot of people were really upset when he left WWE, 
I just haven't seen enough of him to justify that spot on the card above some of the others. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You've you saw more of him in WWE. What am I? What am I missing? Or what are AW doing wrong with with Keith Lee? You're know. puffing your cheeks now. He <laughs> is an enigma, Keith Lee. I I I don't know. It, a part of me even wonders if he even wants it. Um, yeah. it's, it's harsh for me to say that because I love Keith in it. Keith Lee in NXT was absolutely amazing. The main roster run, I mean, Jesus, they tried to call him Bearcat, for Christ's sake, I mean, put him in a cape. <laughs> I've got a good friend, in, in, and he's massively into New Japan, but he loves indie wrestling as well. And one of his favourite matches of all time was Keith Lee against Ishii. Now, it's not a match that I've seen, but for him to tell me that carries a lot of weight because he's a yeah. massive wrestling fan. He's seen him so much over the years. He watches the G1 every year, so he knows he's wrestling. I just haven't seen it. I, mean, I see glimpses of it uh, and things that are a little bit impressive. I don't think he was helped with his booking off the off the end of the the swerve. Yeah, um, yeah, because he never got that match against Swerve, that one on one match. So no going with it either. No, it doesn't look like it. It's very much going in a different <clears throat> direction. And as we've discussed on the Dynamite review, Swerve and Hangman is is yeah, take our money as you always say. Um, yeah. But in terms of Keith Lee and the singles run, I'm just not interested. And I'm, I'm sad about that, to be honest. But I've got to be honest. I just haven't yeah. I just haven't seen enough for me to want to invest in him. And maybe neither is Tony Khan. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he proves us wrong, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, he will be going it alone on, on collision. So he says, or oh, going it alone in AEW. So he says, so we'll see what happens with him. Um, did you see the thing about? <clears throat> did you see it? I don't know. I I watched it on on our little link that we get sent. Um, but it was a bit with a dark order. It was that very a, cheesy, that, wasn't it? Very cheesy, like an infomercial. Yeah, um, infomercial thing on a dark order. I did see that. I was wanted to touch on it briefly, see what you made of it. <clears throat> yes, yeah, definitely a bit of a character redirect. Uh, mm. They've been dressing differently, and since they've become more of a trio with yeah. Eva Luno, um, they have changed things up a bit in terms of the way they look. But this was this was different in terms of the way they were presenting themselves. Very cheap. I don't know, entertaining to a degree. Uh, so we'll have to see where they go. But it seemed like another recruitment drive for the Dark Order. But rather than members of the Dark Order, it's like fans of the Dark Order, I suppose. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if at this point we'd just be better off leaving Alex Reynolds and, and John Silva as a tag team competing for the tag titles on occasion yeah. and, and being in the tag division. Um, we'll see. They're obviously good friends with the Young Bucks and they're highly thought of and they've had some great matches and the combo moves they do, that little run they do with the German suplex and the stunner and everything, you know, that's impressive every time they do it. I'm a fan of the Dark Order, but I don't know whether this is really going to take them to the next level. Yeah, I'm not so sure either. I didn't know it. I didn't know if it was just me that saw it or whether it was actually on the show, but it appeared to be. It on. was, yeah. So there we go. Uh, yeah, cheesy dark order. Not quite sure. Um, main event time. Samoa Joe continues his reign of terror. Uh, he this time he takes on Penta de Sela Miedo. Uh, um, but the uh, this was the other half of the uh, world title eliminated tournament. <laughs> I will say this: we. I love the walk away spot from Samoa Joe, but this, one, <laughs> yeah. I I pop so hard for this one when Penta went to do his 
somersault over the top rope. Samoa Joe moved away. There was a table stacked up. He went through it. It was just... <laughs> yeah, so at the start of the match, they'd spent a lot of time on the outside and yes. there was a lot of strikes and that's when the table got set up, which we know as wrestling fans that that table was going to come into play at some point, but the way yeah. they did it, like you say, was just great. And there's so many times on this episode of Collision that when I'm watching on the fight app, there's a little rewind button and you can go back 10 yeah. seconds and and the amount of time I did that during this episode, but that spot I had to go back a couple of times and watch it again. It was just perfection. It was just so good. Um, Joe, as I said earlier when we started the pod, he's doing his best work, the best some of the best work of his career, and he's the perfect AW wrestler for me. Yeah, he certainly is. And it was a really good match actually with Penta. There was there was quite a good bits and pieces uh, in this. Uh, Samoa Joe does pick up the win though, and, and will go against Roddy Strong on Wednesday. Uh, for the finals, to the winner takes on so the winner takes on Samoa. Uh, Samoa winner takes on MJF. Sorry, uh, R What I do like about the two in this final is if it, although you expect Samoa Joe to win, even on a storyline purpose, having Roderick Strong in there as a winner would also make sense. So they're not they've not like panned it out so that it's obvious the winner, although Samoa Joe has attacked MJF on a couple of times, even if Roddy wins this, there is still a storyline element with Adam Cole. So they've done that really well, I think. <clears throat> yeah, there's a huge argument for both of them to win. So what I was saying earlier about the predictability of the winners, mm. this one, 50-50, yeah. I could see them going in both directions. Mm. Uh, they've they've really set that up perfectly, to be honest. Uh, obviously, yeah. as well, a nice little wrinkle. Samoa Joe is the one that injured Roddy Strong's neck in the first yeah. place. So yeah. we kind of thought that we were working towards this match, but now we're getting it. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know what the outcome will be. And we, we I imagine MJ will face both of them at some point, but I can't see how they do that next week. I think it will be a clear-cut winner. It'll be either Joe or Roddy. Mm. Um, but there's stories, there's stories to tell and stories to finish with both of the challenges. So really good, really looking forward to it. And another little shout out to Nigel McGuinness in this match and that spot that we've talked about. Yeah. Samoa Joe never met a dive if he couldn't move out the way off. I thought that was a, another great line from Nigel. Nigel is fantastic on, on the commentary box. Uh, I love not I love here listening to him. He's such a he does the he does the good bits, he does the fun, you know, he can be funny, he can be really sort of informative because obviously he's been in the ring, so he knows what he's talking about. So I think he brings a, a really good blend of that. And obviously back with Kevin Kelly, uh, which is always good. But uh yeah, Samoa Joe picks up the win and we roll on to Wednesday uh, on Dynamite, where there's quite a few matches now have been announced. I know as I said, there's the the Roderick Strong um Samoa Joe match, there's Big Bill uh, also against Moxley. I think mean, there's another match announced as well, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'm sure there was three matches announced, but I can't remember. Yeah, there's a not, there's some announced for the week after as well. We've got the Jericho-Sammy match at Arthur Ashe. Yes, at Arthur Ashe. Yes, Jericho and Sammy. Uh, they actually set that up on Rampage this week. They did. Yes, yeah. I did read up on that. They did set that yeah. up on that. Rampage. But they're still teaming as well. Obviously, they won against Aussie. Yeah, they... Just to give fans a little bit of insight into what happened with that, mm. they basically said that they really, both of them said, you're really pissing me off. <laughs> Jericho said that to Sammy. Sammy said it to Jericho. It was really good, actually. Jericho was on commentary and Sammy was like on the top of the ramp. Yeah. And they said, look, we've picked up a really big win against Aussie Open. We're going to win the titles, but we need to get this out of our system. So Jericho said, how about me and you one-on-one, Arthurash? And, and Sammy went for it. So again... Another great match. They're going to continue as a team, seemingly, the Sex Gods. 
Yeah. But this match has been brewing. Uh, it's been bubbling up the tension between the two for a while. So it's a way of getting it out of their system is the way they position this. Yeah. And do you think this is Sammy's big win? Hopefully. Hopefully. I, I think Sammy gets a hell of a lot more out of it than Jericho at this point. The only thing is Jericho has lost a fair few big matches lately. Uh, he's picked up a few good wins as well. I think the Judas effect he hit on Carl Fletcher was one of the best he's hit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was more Fletcher's selling than than what Jericho did, but uh, that looked awesome. Um, so again, I'm intrigued by that. And that's a match that could go either way. And that's, I want to see more of that. I want to see these matches where they're, um, they're very evenly uh, balanced, you know, yeah. and it, it could go either way. Could be Jericho, could be Sami. So that would be a great match. And we got another match set for Collision next week as well, which is the first FTR Open Challenge. Yes, they'll be facing the Iron Savages, which uh, me and myself and Parker, big fans of the Iron Savages, we've uh, enjoyed their work. So, although again FTR are going to win it, well, it's uh, it's a great little match for them, and I'm glad we've seen a bit more of them. Yeah, exactly that. I'm glad to. And yeah, the Iron Savage, they was on the other week, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder. That's and they, it. They've got a mate as well. His name escapes me. Yes. James Johnson, Jack Johnson, something like that. Um, but yeah, they, they featured on a few episodes of Collision. Uh, and, and the big guy, uh, Boulder, I think it is, he's really, really impressive. He does a moonsault as well. And maybe what I expected to see from Keith Lee I've been seeing a bit more from Bear Boulder so yeah, yeah so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that that should be a great tag match next week it really should be yeah and it should shape up to be another good week again uh of wrestling I think that's that's the key point of it it's a good week of wrestling lined up this week um but that is it that is the collision so that's the collision review we will be doing Smackdown review uh at some point today uh that'll be going out as well so you get that we do have some interviews lined up this week as well. We have CJ Carter uh, from Ignite on tomorrow. We are talking all things uh, Gold Rush, where that's the paper, that's their show they got on Sunday, which we will be crowning our first champion on. I mentioned that yesterday. So we'll talk all things Gold Rush with CJ on Wednesday. Oh, you got a point, Dave? I'm just going to say, yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a tease, really. It's not confirmed. But I did have a conversation with George Lydon on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he is in uh, in our match on, on Sunday in the triple threat with Mike and R- Rivera, is it? Lance Rivera, yes. Lance Rivera and Smashing Mike. So I'm hopeful if we can find uh, a gap somewhere. You just tell me when. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. I've got his number, so... Um, yeah, well, I'll have a word with George and see if we can get him on alongside, as well as CJ Carter as well this week. Yeah, I'll be happy to. You know, we, we need to, we've got to meet this guy and we're going to meet him Sunday anyway, but he is a part of our match. We did scout the guy and then we'll be talking about that with CJ uh, as well. So uh, on Tuesday as well, I've got a, a, a midday appointment with a, uh, an independent wrestler by the name of Jackson Hart. Uh, we've been waiting to do this for a couple of weeks. Obviously, my issues and, and his work has, has got in the way. So I'm going to be talking to him, all things Jurassic and all things Ignite with Jackson Hart. On Wednesday, we have some British wrestling royalty on this show by the name of Doug. That's the man, Dave. You got it. You can do that on Wednesday. See what he thinks of it. Um, Doug Williams will be joining us Wednesday. Uh, I am super stoked and super thankful that he, he will be taking some time to come and talk to us on Wednesday evening. That's going to be a really good one. Uh, obviously, the review shows will, will all be back as well. Probably, Hopefully be a bit more back to normal. Oh, Andy may have a bit of jet lag. You may be hung over for a couple of days. Uh, I've seen some of the pictures on socials and I've 
couldn't even begin to imagine what's gone on over there. Uh, but he will be back at some point this week, as will Parker. Hopefully Parker will do some of the AEW stuff as well. Um, and if we get George Lydon on before the end of the week, that would be marvellous. I'll leave that in your capable hands, Dave. But for now, guys, this has been the Collision Review on Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. He's definitely been the problem child who's now going to go and do some boilers. Uh, I'm just going to go and sit on my backside. I actually got a hospital appointment soon. Uh, here's been Dave Robinson. Uh, thank you, Dave, as always, for your time. I have been your host, Adam Cousins. And, well, you'll see us again soon. The Brooklyn Brawler video, by the way, guys, should already be up by the time this goes up. So you'll be able to watch that and have some fun. But until then, guys, buckle down. Stay safe. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.